It's time to be about that life, the startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation, I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson. That's G on the ones and twos. And this is the Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. And we have an amazing guest on the show today. But before I get to our amazing guest, G, I want to talk to you really quickly, man. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this, man. Do you feel like you're crushing it when it comes to you as a parent and your career? How do you feel about that? We're on the on the <laughs> one to ten. How do you feel about how you're doing, man? Some days it's a ten. Some days it's a two. It just <laughs> depends on uh, the given day. <laughs> okay. Well, today's guest and her book is definitely going to help us out with that. She is an award-winning professor of management at the Driehaus College of Business and an inaugural presidential fellow at DePaul University. She is also the director of research for Total Leadership, LLC. She is also the co-author of Parents Who Lead, the leadership approach you need to parent with purpose, fuel your career, and create a richer life. She is Dr. Alyssa Westring. How's it going, Alyssa? Very good. Awesome stuff. Are you ready to pour some knowledge into Startup Nation today? Absolutely. All righty, let's do it. So if you would, Alyssa, just kind of share with us your origin story uh, about you and your career up until this point. Sure. So the career path that I'm on now really started to uh, form when I was an undergrad in college. Okay, I was at an Ivy League school with all these really smart people, and all of the women that I knew were really excited and driven about their careers, but a lot of them were also wondering about this whole, how do I have a family thing? Mm. So our moms were the feminists who told us, you can have it all, and then we were like, mm, that seems kind of tricky. How is this all going to play out? So when I was an undergrad, I decided that I wanted to do the research that would answer that question. And I found um, a field of study called organizational psychology, which studies the psychology of people in the workplace. Right. And I went to graduate school to study it, and I have continued studying it since then. Um, Now, with the new book, we're focusing more on parents more generally. But um, it really started when I was worrying about my own life and my own work-life balance. Understood. Understood. Thank you for sharing all of that. And before we actually dive into the book, which is where I really am excited to, ha- to have that conversation with you today. You know, when I was mm-hmm. reading the book, I-, I noticed that, you know, and I guess when you're the director of research, you are a, a meticulous person. And I kind of got that sense uh, while reading the book. Uh, is that fair to say that you've always been very meticulous and stuff like that? And if so, do you have like a funny story about you being meticulous and it went awry when you were growing up? Oh, that's such a good question. I'm definitely a perfectionist or I like to say recovering okay. perfectionist. <laughs> okay. um, so I will definitely admit to that. Okay. Um, trying to think of an example. Oh, nothing's coming. Uh, if not, it's to okay. Top of my head. It's yeah, all okay. good. It's I'll, all good. I'll ponder it in the back of my brain. No worries. No worries. I will say that I was pulling all-nighters in middle school. Fair enough. That, 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 see, that, that seems like the, the characteristic of somebody who's you know meticulous and stuff like that. So I definitely understand yeah. that for sure. And Startup Nation, yep. the book is, once again, Parents Who Lead, The Leadership Approach You Need to a Parent with Purpose, Fuel Your Career, and Create a Richer Life. And we read a lot of books you know, in preparation for our guests 
uh, Startup Nation. But this one I really enjoyed because this is one of those books where it's one of those we always talk about living, breathing documents like a business plan is something you're always updating and something like that. And this book has like activities and stuff like that. It really kind of forces you to uh, put some of the, the philosophies and doctrines in action uh, as you fuel your your career and your parent life. So, Dr. A, if I could, you know, kind of talk about the process of this book a little bit. So what we really wanted to create was not just sort of a philosophy of parenting. For sure. Because there's there's plenty of those. Right. What we really wanted to do was a, a toolkit, a guidebook, so that people can actually go through the process, whether it's with their parenting partner or their children or their bosses or their colleagues, of reflecting and growing as parents and in their careers. So we invite people to actually do the stuff that we're talking about. And we give you the question, busy working parents don't necessarily have time to convert a philosophy into action items. So we take the work out of that. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. And Startup Nation, I know when we normally have guests on the show, we really focus on the startup part of the startup life. But today we're definitely going to focus on the life part of the startup life uh, show for today. So, Dr. A, I really appreciate all that value you just shared with us. Well, let me ask you this, yeah. because, you know, what does it mean for a parent who leads? What does that even mean? So what we've found is that most of us have sort of a general sense of what good leadership looks like in the workplace. Okay. Um, and we may even care about being a good leader ourselves. And then we get home, we leave work, and we start acting like micromanaging bosses mm. who just tell our kids, here's what you need to do. Why isn't this done? When's it going to be finished? Right? We're not really embodying the kinds of parents that we want to be or the reason that we became parents in the first place. And so we brought this leadership approach to parenting to help parents sort of take a step back and say, how do I use these ideas of being a good leader, knowing my values, knowing my vision of the future, bringing people along with me, innovating creatively? How do I do that in all of the parts of my life, not just in the work domain? For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. And in the book, I know you talk about how uh, when you have two parent household and stuff like that, that is really important as you go along on your parental parental journey, that both parents have like a shared vision vision and talk about that shared vision. What are some of those tips that, you know, parents who are in a two parent household to where they can, how can they come to that shared vision and ultimately bring that into fruition when it comes to parenting one kid, two kids or something like that in the household? That's a great question. So first off, I just want to say it doesn't have to be two parents living in the same house who are married in order to have a shared vision. For sure. So this could be really useful, for instance, if you have an ex-spouse and you're struggling to communicate. Understood. Right? So we, we try to be really inclusive when we think about who are our partners in parenting. But for most people, that's, you know, their spouse. Gotcha. And one thing that we find is that both partners often have different senses of where they're headed, right? Right. One, we, have a, we have a great story of uh, a couple where the husband was a serial entrepreneur, right. and his whole plan was just to start and sell businesses for the next 20 years. And the wife was like, oh, I thought this was a short-term thing where we would suffer for, through you working all the time now, mm. but that eventually it would stop. Right. And they, didn't, they hadn't talked about it in that way. So coming up with a shared vision of what the future looks like 
is sort of the foundation of moving forward together. Gotcha. It doesn't have to be perfectly specific. You don't have to have, you know, you don't have to achieve the exact vision that you set out to achieve, but having some sense of here's what we care about and here's where we're going can make it feel more like an exciting team project that you're undertaking right. as opposed to a fight or a power struggle between the two of you. Absolutely. And, and I, I love this piece because, you know, it, it really kind of points out that like when it comes to parenting and stuff like that, uh, especially co-parenting, whether it be both parents in the household or not, uh, but it really talks about how this is a continual process, which is why I think this book is like a living, breathing book. Like it's one of those things where you can read it now, then 10 years later, you can still revisit it and kind of still work on some of those things. Is that kind of what you were hoping for? That is what we're hoping for. And we hope that people don't necessarily even wait 10 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, to, to revisit it. For sure. Uh, you know, when things get tricky, we we feel like we have some conversation starters that can be really useful. And as your kids mature and develop, the conversations that you had with them when they were three and five may need to be revisited when they're, you know, eight and 10. And I know that I'm working through that exact scenario in my own house right now. Understood. So. Yeah, it is. It's a living, breathing document. And it's also a mindset shift. For so sure. For sure. When you when you get that new mindset, it becomes easier and easier to do these sorts of activities on the fly, rather than needing to come back to the book and go like, okay, what's exercise three say? Thank you for sharing that. All right, Sonic Nation. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We got to pay some bills. But when we come back, we're going to talk with Dr. A about the myth of work-life balance. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life. Startup Nation, we tell you all the time that no one does anything great on their own. That includes starting a business or a nonprofit, or even becoming a thought leader or an influencer. My point is that you need a team to do it successfully and responsibly, and that is why you should contact DR and Associates. Danielle and her team provide branding solutions, along with digital and social media marketing that provide tangible results you are looking for. No matter if you are a Fortune 500 company or an author looking to make an impact, DR & Associates needs to be part of your team. They are one of the few firms whose leadership has been recognized by Google, which is proof of concept that they are very good at what they do. Contact DR & Associates today to grow your online presence. The number is 615-933-3681, or you can visit their website at drandassociates.com. Also, make sure you follow their Facebook page as well, DR & Associates, providing real clients with real results. Startup Nation, do you have friends and loved ones that you want to do something nice for, but maybe they live in the next city, the next state, or even halfway around the world? Well, I have a solution for you. Koya is the new and best way to let your friends and family know you're thinking of them. Choose a friend, record a message, and hide it in a location that they are likely to visit and give them a clue. When they arrive, your message will instantly appear. You can even send them a gift. Best of all, the app is completely free. Get Koya.com to download it now. That's K-E-T-K-O-Y-A.com. Or check the link in the show notes. Koya, show you care when you can't be there. Welcome back to The Startup Life as we continue our conversation with Dr. Alyssa Westring, author of Parents Who Lead. Now, I know you often talk about you and, and Stu Friedman, you know, who co-authored the book with you, that there is this myth about work-life balance. And you really should adopt what you talk about in the book, which, which is this four-way four win 
type of doctrine and the domains are career, family, community and self. Kind of talk about that, the the myth of the work-life balance in that four-way win scenario. Absolutely. So what we find with the idea of work-life balance is that people tend to imagine then that in order to have balance, they have to have more of one or less of the other. Mm. And it really puts them in this framework of making trade-offs and compromises. Gotcha. And we recognize that there are absolutely real trade-offs and compromises that working parents need to make. But when that's the only framework you have, you see everything as a trade-off and compromise. So instead, we want people to start looking at ways to identify what we call four-way wins, things that can make things better in all parts of life. So creative solutions that don't require necessarily a huge trade-off and in fact, can make things better. And part of that is just shifting even how you think about it. So for instance, if I take an hour to go to the gym, I may feel initially like that's a trade-off of time with my kids or time focused on work. But the real benefit of it, of the focus, the concentration, the sense of well-being, the resilience, all of that stuff actually can be viewed as something that improves your parenting and improves your career. So it's that mindset shift that we're really helping people focus on. Absolutely. That mindset shift is is definitely the basis for everything when it comes to parenting, entrepreneurship and everything else in between. So I'm glad you shared that. Once again, Startup Nation, we're talking to Alyssa Westring, the co-author of Parents Who Lead. Uh, And uh, Alyssa, one of the things that was actually funny to me and G, let me actually Mm -hmm. bring you in on this one as well. So. She talks about how a lot of times with kids, especially in this day and age with like iPads and phones, stuff like that, trying to reduce mm-hmm. their screen time. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a part in the book where I kind of, I read this quote. And I was like, Roro, where like we as parents don't really adopt that same, <laughs> you know, <laughs> mantra. Right. Like we're, we're always like I know I'm terrible at it. Right. No. Like my kids walk in the door at three thirty, three thirty five tablet buried face buried straight into it. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> no. And so I know I'm terrible about it. And so, uh, you know, let's kind of talk about how, you know, it's one thing for us as parents to kind of say, hey, we got to reduce your screen time, but we don't necessarily look inward to kind of check ourselves a little bit. Why don't we do that as parents, in your opinion? Well, first of all, I think we have this sense that everything we're doing is super important. That's true. That's very right? true. Even if it's checking the news, it all feels very pressing or checking our email or, you know, so we feel like we're getting information or we're being able to respond We could also be getting, you know, some dopamine hits from looking at other people's Instagrams or whatever that may be. Right. And when we ask the parents to talk to the children, to talk to their children about what they really need, we were surprised how many children said, I need you to get off the phone. Wow. I need you to be present. And it was really a wake up call. I know, you know, it's very clear that the recommendation for screen time for kids that, you know, at least my pediatrician says is less than two hours a day. Gotcha. But when my phone tells me how long I've been on it, the average is not under two hours. 
I I have to uh, agree with you. I, I I think the shortest time on mine was like maybe 12 hours. That wow. was maybe the See, shortest yeah. we time. We don't even really notice that we're doing it. Exactly. Exactly. For sure. And once again, I, I need to do this part. Startup Nation, You the book is out today. It was released today. Parents Who Lead. You can get that on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. And if you're listening on the podcast, the link is there in the show notes for easy access. Sorry about that, Dr. A. I want to make sure we sell some books today. Uh, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. No worries. No worries. And in it's my first book, so I want Oh yeah, to we, we, we 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 got we got yeah, we got we got to push some books today for sure. So in that same vein, when we we're talking about our kids, you know, I, I guess I want to hop on uh the the psychologist couch a little bit because I know mm-hmm. uh my daughter Zoe, right? Uh, so I have to get in the car line to pick her up. And there are days where uh, I'm late. Either I can't find an Uber or I have a recording session that runs a little late. And when I pick her up, she gives me like the meanest face. It's like, you were late. I can't believe you. I'm disappointed in you and stuff like that. And so I just feel like terrible and small inside. But like when my wife picks her up, you know, it's just kind of like, you'll be all right. I got here, didn't I? And so I guess I'm curious in your opinion, like why do me and my wife have that different response where it it affects me more than it affects her that much? Or maybe my wife just put on a strong face. I don't know. Yeah. So do you think that your daughter reacts the same to both of you and you interpret it differently? Or is your daughter actually giving you grief in different amounts? I think she's maybe giving us grief in different amounts, or maybe it's the same and I just take it differently. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think. I I think, of course, the ch- our children expect and want and need different things from each parent. Gotcha. So it may feel really different to her when you do it versus when your partner does it. Gotcha. I know, you know, at least with one of my kids, she she couldn't care less if my husband comes home late. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but, but if I'm 10 minutes late or he has to pick her up, she's not thrilled with the whole situation. So, you know, part of it could be about them, but then the other part is about, how we feel in our own guilt and whether they're saying something that sort of triggers something we might be already thinking about ourselves. Like I'm not there for her enough or I'm not available enough or I'm not, you know, so sometimes what we're hearing from our kids is like an echo of the worries that we have about ourselves. And that can be kind of uh, disconcerting. Understood. Understood. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. You know, one of the things that I thought was interesting, we actually last week, we actually talked to Mark Randolph, the co-founder and first CEO of Netflix. And one of the things that was very important to him uh, was making sure that he, you know, stay with his wife, Lorraine, until, you know, death do you part. You know, you make the nuptials and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so one of the things he was doing in the early days of Netflix that like every Tuesday, at five o'clock, he would stop working, go home. They have a date night. He said, no matter what was going on, what fires needed to be put out or whatever, we were going to have that date night. And he said the more he did that, some of his other employees kind of follow suit. And the funny thing is I was reading that part of the book because I read your book and his book at the same time preparing for both shows. Oh, right. Yeah. And so uh-huh. at the same time I was reading that part in the book, I was reading the part uh, of your book that talk about a similar example about when a gentleman you know, was talking about, I'm going to take paternity leave. And then every, all the other men in the company kind of followed suit. So I guess my mm-hmm. question is this, is that one of those things where in a career, when uh, uh, somebody shows value in their family, it kind of forces the rest of the subordinates or the other team members to kind of 
reevaluate those values? Is it FOMO? Kind of share with us a little bit about that. Like, where does that come from? That psychology a little bit, I guess. Yes. So what we know from research is that when people feel like their manager is not supportive of them taking time for family life, Mm -hmm. they're much less likely to use the policies and practices that are available. Things like flex time or work from home or maternity or paternity leave. So we know that people are reacting to the expectations that they believe their boss has of them and to the culture of the workplace. So if the culture of the workplace is a place where everybody values being a workaholic and your performance is based on, is, you know, your performance is evaluated based on whether you're in your desk chair till nine o'clock at night. We know that people are less likely to use those policies and to take time for family. And the reverse is true. So when leaders say that it's important and role model taking time for family, other people will follow suit. And there's there's good research to show that. One of the couples that we talk about in the book, the, the wife was managing a small team of about five or six people. And she was really committed to her career and wanted to be the best leader that she could be. So she would always be up at night answering their emails right. late into the night and early into the morning. And when she finally sat down with them, she heard from them that it was stressing them out because then it made them feel like they had to be right. on the computer at all of those hours. And they didn't even really see a great future for themselves in the company or moving up because they didn't want what her life looked like. So she thought she was being this great leader and responding to them. And it turned out that they wanted her to uh, sleep and relax a little bit. Right. Right. I, I do remember that story. And I thought that was interesting because like, you know, because there's that story and then there's the story of the mom who actually worked for home. I think like every Wednesday or something like that um, to take care of her, you know, her, her kids and stuff like that. And so what would happen is that she works from home startup nation and she's thinking that, you know, she's, you know, cranking out stuff like that. She's feeling stressed and she's thinking that her kids are just seeing the stressful part. And they're just seeing that, like, she's, you know, being like super industrious, super awesome and stuff like that. And you also have the story about the, the woman with the, the performance review where she was thinking that like, Oh, I, it was a terrible review when the actual, the manager saw it the opposite. Right. So I guess I'm yep. also curious about how, why is it that, you know, in those situations, because I, I do it myself as well. In those situations, how come we always assume the negative part while everybody else around us is just saying, man, you're kind of awesome. Like, I would have never thought that. What is that about us, you know, as parents, as as we, you know, uh, dive and build our businesses or focus on a career? Why are we only assuming the negative parts? Well, I think for a lot of us and for the type of people who are picking up these sorts of books, they really want to do well. They want to please others. They right. want to be seen as competent and professional. So we're always looking for clues that maybe people don't see us that way. So we're hyper attuned to any negative feedback. Right. And that's sort of psychology 101, too, where we just pay attention to potential threats and potential losses more than the positive side. But in general, we also find that people have assumptions about what people expect of them that are not necessarily higher or lower, but just different. That when they actually go and talk to people about, you know, hey, what do you really need from me? What are your expectations? It's just different things or different quality or different time or energy uh, devoted than what they thought. So a huge part of our book is just about sitting down with the people you care about 
at work and at home and in your community, et cetera. Absolutely. And saying, what, what do you really need? How do I understand it better? Um, because leaders deal in reality, not in their assumptions. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. Also, you know, Alyssa, talk about the the thing about workplace acting. I thought that was a pretty interesting part of the book as well. Can you kind of share with us what workplace acting is and how that can be kind of detrimental as, you know, we focus on our careers and on the parenting side? Yeah. So this is this great body of research um, about what it takes when you have to fake emotions at work. Mm. So you know, the typical example is, you know, the person in customer service who's getting yelled at over the phone and has to be polite and positive, that that actually takes a toll psychologically on people and can not only lead to burnout and frustration and turnover on the job, but can also spill over into family life. And the counterintuitive finding, at least to me, was that when people do what we call deep acting, which is really evoking the real emotions right. that they actually fare better than the people who just sort of put on a happy face, but underneath are seething in anger. So we call that surface acting. Gotcha. So to me, I guess the intuitive thing would be, oh, well, just fake emotions, but you don't have to do any extra work to feel them. But it turns out the opposite is true, that really sort of generating empathy, compassion, desire to help in the long run is better for your mental health. All right, Startup Nation, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we talk to Alyssa about having those hard conversations with your spouse or co-parent. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life. Oralex powers this episode of The Startup Life. Startup Nation, as a podcaster, radio host, and business owner, I know a thing or two about the need for your message to come through clearly to your target audience. The last thing you want when trying to close a big deal over the phone or giving a sales presentation in your conference room is to have the person you are talking to be distracted by either the fact that you sound like you're in a warehouse or an outside noise like a fire truck. Trust me, Startup Nation. I know this all too well from experience. And that is why Oralex has your back. Oralex Acoustics creates professionally tested products that you can trust in a commercial space or at home. Better office acoustics improves intelligibility when video conferencing or generic conversation reduces stress and helps build a proactive work atmosphere. From a home studio for my content creators to your office space downtown, your gear performs better in an acoustically treated room. Trust me, you are in good hands with Oralex as they are the number one brand in acoustics, providing trusted solutions for over 40 years. Also, you can download the Oralex Acoustic Treatment mobile app in the Apple or Google Play Store to give you specifically designed and instantaneous recommendations for various room types. Go to Oralex.com and use the promo code STARTUP in all caps for 10% off your entire order. The link is there in the show notes if you are listening to the replay on the podcast. So if you are ready to stop sounding like you're having a sales meeting in a sports arena, go with Oralex. Professional audio made simple. Startup Nation, we tell you all the time that no one does anything great on their own. That includes starting a business or a nonprofit or even becoming a thought leader or an influencer. My point is that you need a team to do it successfully and responsibly. And that is why you should contact DR and Associates. Danielle and her team provide branding solutions along with digital and social media marketing that provide tangible results you are looking for. No matter if you are a Fortune 500 company 
or an author looking to make an impact, DR & Associates needs to be part of your team. They are one of the few firms whose leadership has been recognized by Google, which is proof of concept that they are very good at what they do. Contact DR & Associates today to grow your online presence. The number is 615-933-3681, or you can visit their website at drandassociates.com. Also, make sure you follow their Facebook page as well, DR & Associates, providing real clients with real results. Tresta powers this episode of The Startup Life. Okay, Startup Nation, I want to talk to you about our sponsor, Tresta. Tresta is an app for iPhone and Android that lets you do business calling and texting from anywhere. I know so many entrepreneurs that are still using their, their personal phone number for business calls. It can get complicated drawing the line between your personal and professional life. Startup Nation, this is the best business phone app out there. Whether you just need a business phone number or if your team is ready for a complete business phone system, Tresta is totally flexible and can grow with your business. And it's all unlimited. Calling, texting, and all of the powerful call management features like auto attendance, call recording, user groups, and more for just $15 per user per month. With Tresta, there's no contract, and you don't need any special hardware, just your smartphone you're already using. Tresta is easy to configure, so you can set everything up yourself, all online, avoiding all the hassle and high overhead costs of setting up a traditional business phone system, which is important because as entrepreneurs, we are always trying to cut cost and time. They're offering a 30-day free trial so you can see if Tresta's virtual phone system is right for you. Communicate smarter and more efficiently with Tresta. Start now at Tresta.com forward slash startup life. That's T-R-E-S-T-A dot com forward slash startup life. The link is there in the show notes if you're listening on the podcast. Tresta, business communication simplified. Startup Nation, do you have friends and loved ones that you want to do something nice for, but maybe they live in the next city, the next state, or even halfway around the world? Well, I have a solution for you. Koya is the new and best way to let your friends and family know you're thinking of them. Choose a friend, record a message, and hide it in a location that they are likely to visit and give them a clue. When they arrive, your message will instantly appear. You can even send them a gift. Best of all, the app is completely free. Get Koya.com to download it now. That's K-E-T-K-O-Y-A.com. Or check the link in the show notes. Koya, show you care when you can't be there. Welcome back, Startup Nation, as we continue our conversation with Dr. Alyssa Westring, Director of Research at Total Leadership, LLC. Another thing I found interesting, I, look, I, you should see this book right now. I have so many, like, sticky notes sticking out of it. Oh, awesome. Right now, you know, because, you know, and I talked to my wife about it, uh, about, you know, I think, you know, we should do some of the activities in it and stuff like that. And so, and that's one of the beauties of it, Startup Nation. Like, there's so many activities from, you know, uh, helping you to buoy your career, but also I definitely th I thought the interesting ones were the ones towards the beginning of the book, where you kind of ask those questions and actually honestly have those hard conversations from time to time uh, with mm -hmm. your you know your co-parent and stuff like that. Let me ask you this, uh, Alyssa, because there are times where uh, you have kind of competing ideals. I know, for example, me and my wife, like I'm Jewish, my wife is Christian. And so I know when Ooh, we my, my family too. Okay, there you go. So you yeah. understand what I'm going, talking about. So with my my wife, you know, Christmas was extremely important to her, right? And I know mm -hmm. in the beginning I was just kind of like, I don't want to do Christmas, and she kind of like acquiesced to what I wanted. And then over time, she uh, kind of kept stressing more and more. Christmas is important to me. This is why. And she told me this story about 
her and her mom, and it made me softened a little bit. And she wanted to have that with uh, her daughter, uh, our daughter as well, because my uh, my mo- my wife's mom is no longer here, and so mm-hmm. she wanted to have that moment with her. Kind of talk about what are some kind of I guess rules of engagement, if you will, when you're mm-hmm. having those type of conversations with your spouse or with your co-parent who maybe you know you may not be together or anything like that. Yeah, so I think you know obviously you need to start these conversations with a foundation of mutual respect and a desire to listen and hear each other. Right. Um, you know, if if you really truly can't communicate, we often say there's no shame in getting you know, direct professional help like marriage counseling or couples therapy. Right. Um, but if you have that foundation of, you know, where you care about each other and you want to work together, then it's really important to start saying why you want your life to look a certain way. So, you know, rather than her just saying, I want Christmas, here's why, here's what it means to me, here's what it meant to my childhood. And that's a lot easier to you know, get on board with to share those values, whether it's tradition or family or generosity, right? We can all get on board with the shared values. And then we're just talking about how we implement them, which is still tricky, right? It's not easy to figure out how to do that. Um, But at least you're on the same page in terms of the values. Absolutely. And my husband and I had the same conversation (laughs) You know, what what we ended up doing is celebrating Christmas with his family in Nebraska. So we don't do it in our house. Gotcha. But we go to their house. Gotcha. And and we do it with them. So again, yeah, just having those conversations of why do we care about this makes it a lot easier to compromise on the details. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, like when she told me the story about her and her mom, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of being of a jerk here. I need to kind of <laughs> let this go. Oh boy, it's, it's, it's a hard one. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, it, honestly, it kind of came from a place of I was. It's not that I was against Chris. I was more so indifferent. I think, and so mm-hmm. I was kind of like, well, if I'm indifferent and she's kind of pro whatever, then I feel like I should just let this one, you know, let that go, you know, because it's super exactly, important to her. Yeah, we got to pick our battle. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I love her and stuff like that. So I appreciate you sharing that for sure. But you know, mm-hmm. Doctor A, also talk about you know the fatherhood bonus and the motherhood penalty. I thought this was interesting too. Yeah, interesting and a little bit depressing. Absolutely, uh, for absolutely. Women. Um, and you probably experienced this in your own life um, or seen it happen when men become fathers, it is viewed as this great thing that they're doing. It's a career booster. Their pay goes up. Their likelihood of promotion goes up. Right. And if they leave, and if they leave early to watch their kid perform or pick up their kid, it's like, what a great dad. Oh my gosh. And then for women, there's this assumption or this hidden bias that when women have children, they become less dedicated to their careers, um, less desiring of a promotion, et cetera. So there's a penalty, there's a financial penalty. And a lot of what we see as the gender gap in wages, a lot of that is actually explained by a parenting, a motherhood gap. So thinking about how not do we just advocate for gender equity in the workplace, but how do we create parental equity, Mm. whether that's having parental leave for adopted parents or for fathers, right? Just challenging these stereotypes we have about what mothers in the workplace are like and what fathers in the workplace are like. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I I did, you know, I I have noticed certain things 
like that in my life. But, you know, I, I guess maybe as a man, I was just oblivious to certain points of it, but I didn't know there was like, you know, this kind of, you know, what you described as the bonus versus the penalty. Cause I know there's been times where I try to, uh, you know, uh, painstakingly try to do my daughter's hair, uh, you know, when my mm-hmm. wife is away or something like that. And then I know that if I screw it up, because I know I will, I'll just get the whole, Oh, bless his heart. Right. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So, G, you know what I'm talking about, right? I can identify with that. Absolutely. Like, bless his heart. But my wife, there's like this this level of like, oh, my goodness, why would you ever let your daughter come out of the house like that or something like that? Right. You know, so it, it's kind of weird, you know, in that regard. But I appreciate you sharing Absolutely. all of that for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, you know, before we kind of transition, I want to ask you one last thing about the book, because I thought it was interesting that you talk about mentors and not just having one mentor where you go to for all of your advice, you know, uh, or help or, uh, you know, kind of, you know, venting or stuff like that. You said that it's important to have multiple mentors and you even have, you know, a, a certain mentor that helped you with this book as well. Kind of talk about that and how that came to be. Well, so I'm assuming you're talking about two. Yes. 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 Okay, good. Sorry. I was like, which which mentor are we talking about? My apologies. So, yeah. No, that's okay. Um, yeah. So Sue is. We like to say that we're a boomer grandpa and millennial mom team. Gotcha. So he's been through the ringer. This is not his first book. He's very established in his career. He's right. sort of phasing down and thinking of this book as his legacy. And he he brought me in to work with him. And it's been this really interesting relationship where I'm learning so much from him, but I also think he's learning a little bit from me as well about what it's like to be a mom today, what it's like to be a parent today. Um, But I really, the way our relationship started is that when I was in grad school, I was getting super bummed out about the idea of being an academic for the rest of my life, right? because you just write these journal articles and then, you know, 25 people read them, you're like a huge hit. So I wanted to think about, okay, how can I be a professor and be an academic, but also have an impact on people? And I Googled around to see who was doing stuff like that. And I found Sue mm-hmm. and, you know, our relationship started, you know, oh, over 15 years ago. So wow. it's practice, you know, it's, it's almost half my life that mm-hmm. I've been working with Sue in one form of another or another. So um, he is, he has been a, a huge guide and he, you know, as the book has evolved, but also as my life has evolved, um, been a really big support uh, for me as well. I know, you know, I wasn't married. I didn't have kids when we started working together. So having him sort of be not only my research partner, but a mentor in other parts of my life has been incredibly helpful. All right, Startup Nation. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we talk to Dr. A about why some of the barriers to college are starting to come down now. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life. Startup Nation, we tell you all the time that no one does anything great on their own. That includes starting a business or a nonprofit, or even becoming a thought leader or an influencer. My point is that you need a team to do it successfully and responsibly. And that is why you should contact DR and Associates. Danielle and her team provide branding solutions, along with digital and social media marketing that provide tangible results you are looking for. No matter if you are a Fortune 500 company, 
or an author looking to make an impact, DR & Associates needs to be part of your team. They are one of the few firms whose leadership has been recognized by Google, which is proof of concept that they are very good at what they do. Contact DR & Associates today to grow your online presence. The number is 615-933-3681 or you can visit their website at drandassociates.com. Also, make sure you follow their Facebook page as well, DR & Associates, providing real clients with real results. Tresta powers this episode of The Startup Life. Okay, Startup Nation, I want to talk to you about our sponsor, Tresta. Tresta is an app for iPhone and Android that lets you do business calling and texting from anywhere. I know so many entrepreneurs that are still using their, their personal phone number for business calls. It can get complicated drawing the line between your personal and professional life. Startup Nation, this is the best business phone app out there. Whether you just need a business phone number or if your team is ready for a complete business phone system, Tresta is totally flexible and can grow with your business. And it's all unlimited. Calling, texting, and all of the powerful call management features like auto attendance, call recording, user groups, and more for just $15 per user per month. With Tresta, there's no contract, and you don't need any special hardware, just your smartphone you're already using. Tresta is easy to configure, so you can set everything up yourself, all online, avoiding all the hassle and high overhead costs of setting up a traditional business phone system, which is important because as entrepreneurs, we are always trying to cut cost and time. They're often a 30-day free trial, so you can see if Tresta's virtual phone system is right for you. Communicate smarter and more efficiently with Tresta. Start now at Tresta.com forward slash startup life. That's T-R-E-S-T-A dot com forward slash startup life. The link is there in the show notes if you're listening on the podcast. Tresta, business communication simplified. Startup Nation, do you have friends and loved ones that you want to do something nice for, but maybe they live in the next city, the next state, or even halfway around the world? Well, I have a solution for you. Koya is the new and best way to let your friends and family know you're thinking of them. Choose a friend, record a message, and hide it in a location that they are likely to visit and give them a clue. When they arrive, your message will instantly appear. You can even send them a gift. Best of all, the app is completely free. Get Koya.com to download it now. That's K-E-T-K-O-Y-A.com. Or check the link in the show notes. Koya, show you care when you can't be there. Welcome back, Start Animation, as we conclude our conversation with Dr. Alyssa Westring, the author of Parents Who Lead. And once again, Startup mm-hmm. Nation, the book is Parents Who Lead, the leadership approach you need to parent with purpose, fuel your career, and create a richer life. And that book is out today. You can get that up, pick that up today at barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com. Uh, the link is there in the show notes for easy access. Alyssa, I want to ask you this because, you know, you are uh, a professor at DePaul mm-hmm. and we're seeing around the country uh, that there's being more and more barriers being knocked down for entry to college. You're seeing a lot of colleges offer like some type of free tuition or something like that. Or you have some colleges where they're not really putting so much emphasis on ACT scores or things of that nature. Kind of mm-hmm. talk about, you know, your standpoint, how are you, what you're seeing as a college professor and why is this happening now? Right. So you mentioned in your intro that, that I'm currently an inaugural presidential fellow, Yes, which means that for this year, I'm working in the Office of the President on Diversity and Inclusion Initiative. Okay. So I'm really getting uh, direct exposure for the first time to how the administration of the university, you know, the president, the provost, the senior leaders, 
think and talk about the future of DePaul. Okay. And DePaul is a Catholic institution. You know, I mentioned I'm not Catholic. Gotcha. But it's a Catholic institution based on the principles of Vincent DePaul, which his his whole notion of his career was focused on helping those in need and creating educational opportunities for people who might not have them. So that is front and center of the mission and the values of DePaul. So we are working incredibly hard to make sure that our students represent those values, Um, you know, whether it's going test optional or providing opportunities for people to transition from community college into DePaul. We're constantly thinking about ways to open the doors of our community and create access. And DePaul is ranked the most diverse university in the in the country, I believe. Oh, wow. So we're certainly doing a good job. And my classes are so incredibly diverse, not just in terms of race and gender, but also in terms of first-generation college students. Almost all of my students work at least part-time, if not full-time. We have this great richness that really adds a lot to the classroom. And I'm, I'm pretty proud to work in a place like that um, because it, it feels like we're actually doing and embodying our, our true mission. I heard that. Thank you for sharing all of that. What do you love about teaching? Oh, so I really do love teaching. Um, and my favorite class, and this will explain what I love about it, my favorite class is Introduction to Management. Okay. So the very first class in management that a business student would take. And I could teach more advanced classes. I could teach more graduate level classes. But I really like being the first person to talk to undergrads about what management means, because I think a lot of them, they're accounting and finance majors, and they come in with this preconceived notion that this course is a waste of time. It doesn't matter. Um, Leadership and management is just something you figure out along the way. So I love to be the person who gets to teach them about the science of management and to get them excited about it. Gotcha. So I'm that first space that they see. And, um, you know, it's really exciting to be part of their journeys. And I always tell them, you know, how do that's my dog. No worries. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) The mail came in. This is the challenges of working from home. Absolutely. um, Oh, I always tell them, you know, how do you set yourself apart from the other accounting majors, right? We have so many of them. and They're all, you know, pretty exceptional having those people skills, the knowledge of the workplace and how people interact and how to lead, motivate, make decisions, that that's, you know, that's something that's going to differentiate them. And it's something that employers are constantly saying that they prioritize. So I get them excited about a new way to think about their personal growth and development. And then I can also throw in, um, you know, the work-life stuff, right? Thinking about how do they thrive as students, having jobs, having family, having friends. Um, So I get to do a little bit of life coaching as well. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Really quickly, because I actually saw your TEDx uh, conference uh, speech from a few years ago. And I know you Mm -hmm. talked about your mom and what she hoped for you and stuff like that. Uh, You know, as you you reflect on your career, your first book comes out today, stuff like that. How proud of your mom? How proud would your mom be of you today? I mean, I think she would be really bursting with pride. Right. Um, she were helping teachers learn to be more effective educators for students with learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. So she was really about sort of 
not just helping people one-on-one, but creating tools that can help people that can cascade through people. So, you know, you help one teacher learn how to teach, they may affect hundreds of students. And similarly, rather than, you know, just impacting my students directly by having a book that anybody could pick up and read, I can kind of expand my impact. And I think she would be really excited about that. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And before I ask you the last question, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the Startup Life. You gave amazing value from sharing, not just from, you know, uh, sharing leadership values from the career standpoint, but also from a parent parental standpoint. And I think uh, as we go forth on our path to entrepreneurship, that's super important to remember that even though we may have the, this entrepreneurial success, it's always important to remember uh, those people from our spouses to our kids that help us get there and that we make sure we manage and, and take care of those relationships as well. Uh, so, Dr. A, before we head out, I'm going to actually turn the microphone over to you because there's an entrepreneur out there, uh, a small business owner out there that's really trying to find that right tune to, uh, to engage with their kids, engage with their spouse and stuff like that. And they feel a little discouraged about that. Kind of share with them a little bit of words of encouragement to take us on out today. So in your career, you have been creative and driven and persistent and all of those same skills that you've developed in your career can be used to make your life more full, more harmonious and richer. And there are ways to do it, even when you're working really hard to launch your business or manage your business. Um, And they come from being creative and looking for what we call four-way wins. You don't necessarily have to only think about the sacrifices. It's tricky to find those creative solutions, but they are there if you look for them. I hear that. Thank you so much. And that's going to wrap up our session with Alyssa Westring, co-author of Parents Who Lead. And then remember, Startup Nation, as always, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.